Hey guys, this is Frederick Brilliant. Uh, you listen RFK podcast. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast. Ted here. Uh, John is not here, but joining me on the line, uh, the Toronto FC uh, staff writer, uh, staff writer for the Athletic, uh, covering Toronto FC, and of course the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joshua Cloak. Uh, so of course we're going to talk about the impact of Toronto of Toronto Maple Leafs third line in their match with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's what we're here to talk about. No, of course not. We're here to talk about soccer. Joshua, how are you doing, my friend? I'm well. How are you? Good, good, doing well. Um, let's uh, let let's just jump into it. Um, I, I want to sort of, I guess, start. I guess you know, speaking. You know, you're somebody who, um, who I, I guess I'm jealous of. You're paid to, to write about sports, and this MLS's back tournament is, you know, carrying on. Um, there, there are sort of two teams removed. There have been two games played. Um, you know, I watched the Orlando Inter Miami game uh, last week. Obviously, there was the incident with Reyes. I guess my que- my question to you maybe is a little more personal how, how are you, you know, you're someone you know obviously your your livelihood and and how you put you know food on the table is bent on sports existing and sports happening um and then you know you, you obviously but you at the same time you don't want players being put in unsafe situations to sort of you know save your livelihood no, no one certainly wants that i guess from you personally how do you sort of balance that idea of like you want you want these games to happen because that's how you get paid but at the same time you don't want you know players that you cover in unsafe situations uh, to, to sort of do so? Yeah, it, it, it's a tricky one, and it's a great question. Um, I think what you have to do is is um, just kind of react to the news is one thing, right? Like, it, it, I understand, you know, the question, like you, you're talking about whether or not I have a kind of a vested interest, but I mean, whether or not this tournament goes ahead as planned, I mean, it's already not going ahead as planned with two teams as of now dropping out. Um, and we don't know what things will look like by the end of, of this tournament. Um, but that doesn't you know, mean that, that we can't still write about what's happening because this is part of a larger conversation about you know, what the role of sports in 2020 is. And, and there's clearly an interest in sports. We know sports is a you know, it's a billion dollar business. And, and I think what's interesting is, is not just, well, if there's no games, what do we write about? But I think what's interesting here is wh- where do athletes fall into that? Because athletes are, you know, very well compensated to, to play a game, but they're also kind of being put in a situation that I don't think a lot of people are envious of right now. And that's going to Florida, which is a, a COVID-19 hotspot. So, for me, the story then, I guess, with Toronto FC becomes like, how are players reacting to this? How do players feel leaving Canada and Toronto where the, the COVID-19 numbers are, are really trending in the right direction? Um, and how do they feel in comparison to some other Canadian-based MLS teams? Because, you know, we see that two or three or four players from the Vancouver Whitecaps elected not to go to MLS's back, including Lucas Cavallini, their, you know, high-profile DP signing. Um He's lost family members to, to COVID-19, and he doesn't want to put himself in that situation. So I don't think it's a matter of, of kind of worrying about whether or not sports are, are going to happen, because there's always going to be an interest in sports, and you could argue there's even more of an interest now, because these these players have been kind of put in the crosshairs in a way. Um, 
so you know for me there was never a, a really because again sports being this billion dollar business that they are they, they're going to come back in some form um it's just kind of it's it's putting you know this event this mls's back tournament in in context right like if if players are angry then then that deserves to be written about if if players are feel okay to go why is that the case um so yeah no real personal vested interest for me i mean look i i love watching sports i mean i wouldn't be doing this otherwise but um again how players feel now and 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 how teams react and how the league reacts that's that's become the story so if if not a single other ball gets kicked you know that's the story too right so i i don't really think there's a a personal concern on my part right and I think you you raise an interesting sort of um, you know con- contrasting sort of two countries. Uh, you know we we have many sports that bleed over with with Canada. I mean NBA, right. MLB, um, you know, and 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 the likes, and uh, the M- NBA of course. And there's sort of an interesting contrast between how Canada's handled this virus versus the U.S. Um, the the sort of anonymous MLS COVID Cup uh, Twitter account. You know, tweeted out that the uh, the the T- Toronto FC team doctor was you know sort of you know I don't know if begging or you know, begging is the right word, but was saying that the team should not go to this tournament um, you know in Orlando. I guess you know everybody's wondering how truthful you know whether. I think it's pretty clear this person is in, is in Orlando. I guess, have you heard sort of the same thing, that there was sort of a lot of anxiety from sort of health professionals in Toronto about the team traveling down to, to Orlando for this tournament? Well, I mean, health professionals in Toronto kind of have their own um, things to worry about in the sense that, you know, the, the NHL playoffs uh, mm-hmm. are going to be held um, in Toronto as one of the two hub cities. Um, so there's a lot of concern there. But, yeah, I think... Um, I think there is a, a sense of kind of anxiety in part. Maybe there's there's feelings of fear and 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 maybe even more than that. There's an overriding sense of frustration because, you know, like I said or before, the 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 COVID nineteen numbers in in Toronto are are trending in the right direction. That doesn't mean that that you know the city or the country or the province is out of the woods by any means. But I think you you know when you have Greg Vanny, TFC's coach, questioning why they have to leave Toronto um, for, you know, a bubble and a bubble you would think should be a a safe place to be. Um, That raises some questions, right? Like, why is this, why is this happening in, in the kind of iteration that it's, it's taking? Like, why is this happening given the, the, you know, the serious uptick in COVID-19 numbers around Florida, you know, why Greg Vanny expressed serious concern about having to leave Toronto um, you know, a full seven days ahead of their first game. Why couldn't they stay in Toronto, you know, as long as possible? And I think, too, like this is TFC in large part, you know, they're a veteran team. There are a lot of guys with families and young kids, and I know there's a lot of concern there, you know, among family members about, uh, or, or, sorry, you know, players and, 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 and coaches with, with young families about doing this and then, you know, returning back to Toronto when they're they're finished um so yeah a lot of concern and I think I think justified concern if you were to ask me 
I would 100 100% agree with you. Um, but you know, we do we do have games to talk about that are we're, we're going to go under the assumption they're going on. Let's let's talk about the Toronto FC team. Um, I, I want to talk about one player who I, I do not think I think we we in America. I, I keep waiting for us to to sort of regrow and reappreciate him. I feel like the this the the stain of missing out on the World Cup in 2018 is, is unfairly been sort of thrust on really on both on two players on Toronto, Josie Altidore and Michael Bradley. Uh, I want to talk about both. I want to start with Michael Bradley. I guess sort of you know understand you know what what type of. Uh, you know he's 32. He's certainly not you know a young a young kid anymore, which makes me feel old to be honest, because I I remember him right. back in back in 2010, um, in the 2010 World Cup. What do you what are you sort of expecting about out of these sort of veterans? Is is the team kind of you know maybe looking to maybe look to replace them, or are they kind of just you know riding this window as long as they can? I honestly think it's more of the latter. You know I, I've been pretty vocal about you know, my belief that the team should be really focusing on getting younger and, and you know, a term like rebuild is, is easy to kind of throw around, but um, you know, this is a veteran heavy team and, and there's there's pros and cons with that, right? You have a sense of unity, you know, within this team and, and you have a serious sense of harmony and you have players that can be relied upon in big games because they've been there before. Um I mean, uh, it, it feels like most nights, like, you know, almost half of that 2017 MLS Cup winning team is, is taking the field, you know, you know, night after night. And, and again, there's, there's good things and bad things with that, 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 that come with that. Um, what we see is a coach in Greg Vanny who can be sometimes reluctant to give young players opportunities. Um, and if we're talking about Michael Bradley, we, we have to talk about Liam Fraser, who is, you know, you would think he would be his understudy in a lot of ways, but, um, you know, he's a 22-year-old defensive midfielder from Toronto who is more than capable of playing in MLS, but just hasn't gotten the, the, the opportunities because he plays such a similar role as Michael Bradley. Now, you could argue that, you know, why aren't TFC kind of handing over the keys to the, to the next generation of players. And then, you know, if you're Greg Vanny, you might be saying, well, I know what I have in these players like Michael Bradley. You know, I, I don't think anybody is more trusted on TFC's team than, than Michael Bradley right now, because he's been there. He's the engine of this team. Um, you know, and he took a, he took a pay cut to stay in Toronto. I mean, it's not often you see players moving from what a $6 million salary salary to, you know, I think he's earning about 1.5 this year. That's a huge pay cut. Um, and with that, you know, you, you your voice within the locker room stays you know loud because it's it's evident that you you want to stay with this team and you want to remain the captain so um with michael bradley i, I think michael bradley is going to play in toronto and he's going to be part of greg vanny's starting 11 until his legs fall off i really do i mean he's he's what i i, I remember in 2018 i think it was he was he was subbed off um in the 2018 season was a disaster for toronto i see um, and I, I remember at the time looking up, I think that was the first time that it happened in four seasons, I think. Um, the first time he was subbed off, not due to injury. Like, this is a player that is just always going to play. Um, so I, I don't, I thought this was going to be the season where Liam Fraser kind of takes over for Michael Bradley, but that's the opposite has been proven true so far. Obviously, the season is still young, but uh, yeah, Michael Bradley, is. as long as he's in Toronto, he's going to be part of the 11. He's going to play. 
And uh, jo- Josie Altador, I-, I do want to talk a little bit about him. He-, he seems to be the guy that everybody assumed would be gone by um, by at a certain point. He you know he had sort of some some uh, Twitter lashing out at sort of the uh, at sort of the the team and how how things were, were going. What- what's his sort of status with the team? Is the team just kind of like again you know he's just such a talent they just need to kind of hold on to him? Or is- are there talks about trying to move him move him out at this point? I don't think, I mean, he just re-upped on a new contract last year. I don't think you can move Josie right now unless you get a really, really big offer. And what kind of offer are you really getting for a player that's had, you know, a pretty serious injury history over the last few seasons, right? Um, you know, I, I we don't know his salary yet. We haven't seen the, the MLSPA salary numbers for this season yet, but... I'm going to imagine he's one of the highest paid players in the league uh, again. Um, and, you know, the, the thing is what Josie always has in his back pocket, he's always come through in the playoffs mm-hmm. for DFC when it matters. Right. And, and, you know, it was interesting. He, Greg Vanny was, was talking the other day about how it's, it's unlikely that he plays that Josie Altador plays that first game against DC United on the Sunday. Uh, and he said, you know, with Josie, we're playing the long game. Um, and to me, like that, that speaks to their, their, their plan with him. You know, if he has to miss more than a a handful of games in the regular season, but he's ready for the playoffs when it matters, I think, I think, you know, as a, as a, as a staff and as a management staff, I think TFC have proven that they're pretty much okay with that. If it means that they get to go on a deep playoff run and, and have, you know, one of the best number nines in the league at his healthiest when they need him most, right? Yeah, and it's okay. You guys have DC killer Nick DeLeon, um, who I think is right. appreciating punishing DC. <laughs> um, so I think you guys are fine. Real quick, I got about maybe 30 seconds left. Uh, what's a player maybe that maybe doesn't get a lot of attention that you think would be worth for worth watching sort of in this MLS's back tournament? Yeah, you know what? There's probably a few players um, that are worth keeping your on. I mean, the, the obvious answer is Pablo Piatti, Toronto's uh, new designated player, signing a player with a, an injury history of his own, a player that comes over from La Liga. And, you know, in 2016-17, 10 goals, 11 assists in La Liga, which is, you know, those are impressive numbers. But again, those are three years ago. So what does he have left in the tank? He's a 30-year-old that, you know, hasn't played yet in MLS, was injured for the first two games of the season. Um, so he's a player to keep an eye on because Greg Vanny wants to, to play with more width. So he, if he can play off the touchline, that makes TFC a little more, you know, dangerous. But, uh, another player, Marky Delgado, who just re-upped on a new deal and really doesn't get the cred that he probably deserves in Toronto because he's generally seen as kind of a link up player. And, um, but he, you know, if, if Josie Altador is out, that puts Alejandro Pozuelo up into that number nine position. And that, you know, probably puts more emphasis on TFC's midfield. And, you know, Marky Delgado, who I know has played some games for the U.S. national team, will, will be under the spotlight even more. Um, and, again, pretty undervalued here in Toronto. Um, but he's the kind of player that if you watch him, you know, for an entire game, you'll probably be amazed at just how seamlessly he could play the ball. All right. Well, Joshua, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I I hope all of our people who are listening are subscribed to The Athletic, pay for The Athletic. But in case people don't know, uh, tell the good people where they can find you. Yeah, uh, The Athletic's uh, soccer coverage, uh, in my opinion, is is literally the best on the planet. Um, 
you know, and you get MLS coverage with some of the, the genuine heavyweights of the game. You get uh, Premier League coverage. You get European coverage, theathletic.com, and there's always great deals there. And, um, you know, I can I, I love writing for The Athletic. I love having the kind of opportunities to dig into to stories that maybe not a lot of outlets, other outlets do. Um, and, you know, very thankful to, to have the freedom and to hear, you, you know, people like you talk about it makes me, you know, smile. It's great. And I appreciate you subscribing and I appreciate your interest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful writing and, and I've enjoyed um, many, many of the articles that have been written. Uh, so it's certainly something to watch. All right, y'all. Uh, thank you so much uh, to Joshua for joining us. Uh, we guys, just so you guys know, we are going to be doing a, we are going to be shifting our coverage with the shifting game. We are going to be doing a, uh, we're going to extending our Washington Spirit pregame show a half an hour to review the uh, DC United versus Toronto game. Uh, so definitely check that out. Thank you all so, so much for listening, and we will see you guys then. Vamos. Vamos.